Hello everyone, welcome back to the Hawkins Do Copy podcast. My name is Lauren. And my name is Emily, and in this podcast we talk about all things Stranger Things. Yay! <laughs> so, welcome to episode 11. This would have been really, it would have been really appropriate to talk about 11 on episode yeah. 11, but we did that on like episode 3. But Yeah, I don't know. think we could have gone 11 episodes with not, like, not bringing up so i feel like and she's she's in this episode she's in this book but very briefly she'll be in there i mean we've also i mean in fairness we've been talking about brenner in every single one when he wasn't needed (laughs) i'm done i'm done with dr brenner he can we're done with him (laughs) leave me alone for a little bit um so we have some exciting things to talk about today that aren't just darkness on the edge of town, which is the main focus of the podcast. So there are a couple of things that we have been planning and we are going to be doing going forward, which is very exciting. One of those things is actually using our YouTube channel, which if you're not subscribed to already, go subscribe to it it is hawkins do you copy and you can watch the first 15 minutes of every podcast on there and you can also from now on have other videos of us on there just getting up to general stranger things shenanigans i mean is there anything better to spend your time watching because i don't think there is (laughs) yeah i think that this is the best type of content that you need and the only content you need you could argue so from wednesday the 23rd of september there will be a video up and we will aim for the videos to always be up around midweek which Mm -hmm. will be super fun and it'll be nice to use our platform and just have obviously they'll be shorter than the podcast episodes but we will also be able to chat something stranger things there'll be reviews on there discussions on there wrap-ups on there like um maybe the odd tier list who even knows yeah tier ranking can't wait to put billy in the trash where he belongs um theories on there and all that type of stuff so if you want to go and check that out please go over to our YouTube channel, which, like I said, is Hawkins Do Copy, and you can watch our videos on there, which is very exciting. We have also set up a Patreon, which I believe as soon as this podcast goes live, that will be live? Yes, so that will be up tonight, which is very exciting. Yeah, so we've got, at the moment we've got three tiers Um, going forward, so we've got nerds party members and then totally tubular because totally we couldn't tubular. not for them <laughs> yeah so with each different thing i mean i'm sure you all know how patreon works at this point but you donate um on certain tiers and you'll get access to different things so for example if we go to our nerds one um you get early access to the public youtube videos um you will get some bonus content so things like bloopers things that didn't quite make just the odd couple and then we're also throwing in the idea that of viewers choice so if there's any topics um you want to discuss any episode titles you think could work with what we're talking about and our all famous question of the week um you can choose that and we'll also put that in it so as i said though there's three different tiers so have a little look see what you want we're hoping of offering more things in the future but yeah 
for now your support would mean an awful lot it would it would be wonderful obviously as well we record the whole video but obviously the the first 15 minutes is what makes it onto youtube so um i don't remember off the complete top of my head which is really bad of me but one of the tiers will give you the choice the chance to listen and watch the whole podcast so we'll find a way for that to be something that you can watch as well which is super fun because uh, i have a lot of fun recording them and they're fun i like watching podcasts podcasts mm. that i listen to i tend to watch the youtube version of so that mm. is an option that we will be able to do at the minute as well which is very exciting yeah we know that patreon as well offers an rss like exclusive feed for mm-hmm. patreon um subscribers i guess you'd call it um so we're looking into how that works as well because that's how we're thinking of getting you early access to audio for example that's in tier two um and things like that so we're looking into it but if you check you want to check it out we'll link it in the youtube if you're watching on youtube right now but we'll also put it on our social media which is at hawkins podcast yeah on twitter instagram and facebook you can go on to there and see all of our links and all of our links to all the other places that you can find us as well which is wonderful so shall we get started with talking some stranger things yes so this month obviously we've been talking about the bonus books the comic books and the full-size novels that there is and today we're talking about darkness on the edge of town by adam christopher which is hopper's life before he moved back to Hawkins again, the second time he moved hmm. back to Hawkins. I'm going to do a full disclosure with this one because my book has completely disappeared out of existence. I've looked, don't know where it's gone, so I'm going to be taking a lot of things from things I'm reading online as reminders. So there's, we will quote them. There's someone, when we talk about it, there's someone really good on Reddit that's done this whole description of everything and it is perfect. So and then thank you very much to them. That bought a second copy of the book so that I could write notes in it and read it in detail. So, I mean, who really did their homework here? Let's let's be real. So, darkness on the edge of town. Um, <laughs> so, we're going to be doing the question of the week at the end of the podcast this time because we think it, it works better. Yeah, to be honest, I... that you'll have time to think about everything and. I did think that yeah. was Suspicious Minds. I thought that would be a good discussion to have at the end of the podcast. So I think that might be... Because then you can take into mm. consideration what we've said. So that mm. works. It's all, yeah, it's all about learning. And that's what we're doing here at Hawkins exactly. Coffee. We're so learning. We actually know what we're doing. <laughs> um, but Darkness on the Edge of Town mm. is all about the main man, police mm. chief, Jim Hopper. Or James Hopper. As he's referred to. See, that's one thing I do remember about Darkness on the Edge of Town. That's, you know. (laughs) That's in the the show. We know in the show that his name is James. I mean. Maybe some people did. Maybe some people did. Um, But the book is set in two different times. So it is set in 1984 and also Mm -hmm. 1977. Um, so it starts off in 1984 and I loved these scenes. So L is in them because it is the day after Christmas, which I always say Boxing Day, but that's not a thing in America, is it? They don't have like Boxing Day the way we do. 
No, I think at the start it's, it's looking at the reviews as well. It literally says the day after Christmas. Christmas, yeah. Which I, I find that really weird. Because Boxing Day is quite... such a thing. Yeah. Hmm. So it's the 26th of December, 1984. So season two has happened. It's about a month or so after season two. And Hopper and Elle have had their first proper Christmas together as his adopted daughter. And it's so sweet because... He talks about how he's just been miserable and he's so used to that misery and that grief because obviously he lost his biological daughter, Sarah. And I really appreciated the themes of grief in this because it, it it's not black. Grief isn't black and white. It's a very complex thing and everybody experiences it differently. And the way he talks about it, I think Adam Christopher got that across so well um but then whenever i will else... say actually um the author of the book as well has written a lot of adaptions for different tv shows yeah that i've seen as well so he is very up on his knowledge i guess you could say about how to write for the character and i think he actually worked closely with netflix on this similar yeah. to suspicious, suspicious minds but it's nice to see that i think it was i want to say it's elementary that he wrote books for i think that is true as well but I'm not 100% because the only book I've ever read of his is uh, Darkness on the Internet. Yeah. I mean, you should have done your research. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but then it's like he, Elle comes into the, the room and is trying to talk to him and he's sort of just giving like a big smile but, or tr- mm. and trying not to smile because he's finding himself mm. really happy and he's got a daughter mm. and he needs to look out for her and I think it's really, really sweet. Um, I will say so that I... first chapter actually it was really nice as well especially from what we saw of their relationship in season two and obviously it ended I'd say relatively happy in season two you know that he yeah. let her go to the snowball etc but it's nice to see that continue on yeah. in that first little bit and that it really felt like it sounds really obvious but it really felt like father and daughter yeah rather, it and does. that you can show there's caring there Yeah, because he says to her at one point, I'm your dad now. And he hesitates before he says it. And then he says it and they both smile. And it's Mm. obviously in season three, he says, my daughter. But Mm. to know that only, you know, like a month after season two, he's already saying I'm your dad is Mm. really nice. And like, I think it's really Mm. nice for Elle. And they've got such an interesting dynamic. And I think Adam Christopher brings that dynamic over really well into the Mm. book which like it felt like Hopper and Elle you know whereas sometimes you read adaptations and you think this feels a little bit out of character or a little bit fan fiction-y but I didn't think this Mm. one did I thought this actually was was done quite well yeah because I think as well that um of all the adaptations I think within the Stranger Things extended universe I guess you could call it yeah that I found that the characters were really as you said they're really grounded within themselves a bit and yeah as you said it's very much you were reading hopper and l yeah this book got a lot of criticisms because they were like it doesn't have the like supernatural like it doesn't feel like stranger things it's just like a crime cop novel and i was like well that but i liked it for that reason like i liked that we had a slight break from some demogorgons and just got to chill out in New York for a little bit. I will agree with one of the criticisms. And it's a minor thing. And I get why they didn't do it. 
the one of the big things that come up is that if he's telling this story to her, why isn't it written in first person? Mm. And I, I do kind of get that. That even if it kind of switched so that the beginning sections or when he's talking to her, um, they are in third person, they're out of it. But when he's actually describing the story, or we're meant to believe that he's describing the story to her, that I mean, they've got the whole like question answer. It's nice thing going on i think it would have been nice if it did say that i did this and i saw that that you're really kind of embodying you're seeing it through him his eyes yeah. rather than the outside it's, it's a minor thing but there I, are some chapters yeah. that aren't in his from his his perspective at all though that is a point <laughs> so i guess so, it, yeah it wouldn't make sense then to do yeah, that, but that's one thing that I do kind of agree with that what I've read. No, I get that. Um, so yeah, so it, it is Hopper's past. So like I said, it starts at Christmas, and then we Elle finds the boxes that are under his like floorboards that she finds in season two, and she wants to know more about them. So she digs up one that says Vietnam, and he's basically like I'm not going to talk about Vietnam um and tells her no so he says let's talk about something else so uh, he means like the news or something on the telly but because Elle is Elle she comes back with a box that says New York on it and it's like something like she literally points at the box and it's like something else which I love I love her humor and that's very Elle and I thought that was really good um so he flips back to 1977, which was only seven years before, which is not that long. No, because we were literally talking just before this about how then that is in the timeline with Suspicious Minds. Yeah. Because one of the big things is that, that you were saying that did he end up in Vietnam with Andy Rich, which, as we know, is Elle's real father. But you said it didn't quite line up. No. No, Andy, he's already gone. Yeah. So no, it doesn't match up because Andy would have been... He was sent to Vietnam in 1970, hmm. whereas Hopper got back from Vietnam in 1968. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I am quite happy that it doesn't. Yeah. Because I think it would have been one of those... I think it would have been one of those really cheesy moments and they would have played it off like he had saved Elle's father without realising or Andrew, it was Elle's father. Andrew had saved Hopper. Yeah. It would have been one of those things, I think, which... I mean... I don't know. I think it's quite good to like not have those ties as, as much as possible, I think, because then it's interesting to see how they come together outside of those ties. Yeah. Exactly, it's predictable. Yeah. If you do it that way. One thing that it does do, which we were very happy about, and I um, actually texted Emily when I reread this book, because I read this book last year when it had first come out, um, mm. and I haven't read it since. So there's some things that, like, there's thoughts I've had since that I would wasn't thinking originally when I first read the book. So I texted Emily about this to say that Hopper actually goes back to Hawkins. So we assumed that he enlisted in Vietnam, got back and went straight to New York and that's where he met Diane and that kind of thing. Whereas actually he doesn't do that. He goes back to Hawkins for a good couple of years and meets Diane in Hawkins a bit later on. So 
our theory, or the theory that Hopper could be Jonathan's dad is not off the table. It is, the, the, the dates are not perfectly matched, but we, the book we cannot say is 100% canon. So especially if we're treating Elle's birth year as a bit suspect as well. Yeah, so we can take Jonathan's birth year as a bit suspect and it can be a bit off slightly or the hmm. year Hopper got back could be a bit off slightly. Hmm. And he could be Jonathan. I mean on that yeah. I mean on that note actually. So I meant to message we're just now having a whole full-on conversation about what we were meant to message each other and what we were going to message each other. So, <laughs> sorry, podcast. Um, I was going to message you as well and say that I was sure in season one, Jonathan was in a different year to what he's ended up in. Yeah. Yeah. I had in my head he was in the same year as Steve. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like, no, I don't know. No. I just, I mean, it supports the theory. That I always knew he was in the same year as Nancy, and I knew Nancy was a year yeah. younger. Then I don't know who on earth I'm mixing it up with then, because I was sure. Because I've had that in my mind since season one. I remember being in season two and thinking, why aren't you in your final year of school? I, yes. No, I think I actually thought that too. So, at this, so in season one, he's like, six like 15 16 hmm yeah whatever of old nancy's i think nancy's 16 isn't she in season one yeah so 83 so season three they would be going into senior year so 77 hmm and he gets back in seven uh so 67 sorry hmm. and he gets back in 68 so slightly but who knows what day he actually got back because we can't say this book is completely canon. Um, but I do find it interesting that he went back because that's mm. never really spoken about that he went back for for a good no. chunk of time, like from 67 to... From 68, sorry, to like 71, 72. Like, Sarah was born in Hawkins and lived mm. in Hawkins for the first couple of years of her, of her life. And that's mm. never spoken about. Like, he could have stayed there this whole time. Mm. Um, and he worked for the Hawkins PD, like, during this time. And he met Diane in Hawkins. And you think, like, that's so... Like, did he meet Joyce there? Like, did he go and see Joyce then? Because obviously they knew each other. And, like, mm. that's a, a big chunk of time that we don't know what happened mm. for him in Hawkins. So he sort of left Hawkins a couple of years after the, the lab got there so i want a book about that hmm yeah i want that i mean if we're working in what happened if we're working in prequels which seems to be the big thing at the moment or i say that but then you've got into the fire that's released but regardless <clears throat> i think if you've got yeah if you're working in prequels that's an interesting gap to work around them because I think yeah. it would be interesting to see as well. Not necessarily some of the bridges that gap them between Suspicious Minds and Dogs of the Edge Town. Like, not a direct Brenner is around snooping and that's why Hopper left all. Done with Brenner, I'm done exactly. with him. You know what I mean? Not necessarily that, but even if it was kind of a thing of... I don't know. If we're working in crime novels, let's do a... 
Hopper finds something suspicious. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So this is pretty much an ordinary crime novel, would you say? I mean, I'd say so. That I think you've got, like, brief... Well, arguably, but also no. So you've got one character, I believe is... I want to say St. John. St. John, who is the main antagonist slash villain yeah. of the story. Yeah. So Hop is in Brooklyn. That's where he moved to. And it's actually... What I really appreciated about this is that it uses actual events of what was happening in New York at the time. Yeah. So in 1977 in New York, on the 13th of July, they had a big blackout, which is in the book. Um, the son of Sam, serial killer, was on the loose in New York as well. Um, and also, like, financially and sort of the infrastructure of the city was not doing great the 70s was a very interesting time for new york the late 70s early 80s so that is something which is in the book and is something which is really explored in the book which i really appreciated because i think new york is seen as it's new york it's the city that never sleeps it's magical it's all it's amazing in this amazing city but so i'm guessing that, that you like new york actually... <laughs> a little yeah. bit a little bit yeah um Oh, I literally, like, when um, Delgado, who's his partner, she's actually the first female uh, homicide detective in their unit, which is amazing. Mm. Um, When she was like, I'm from Queens, I was like, yes, (laughs) big up, Queens, my favourite place. Um, So I love her. She's a great character. but yeah, so that was actually really good context of the book and they did that he did that really realistically. There were a couple of changes, but mm. that was really good because it sort of showed the gritty realities of a side of New York mm. which people don't yeah. always see. And it's interesting as well that they are using kind of those real life events within it because I think that's one of the first times we've actually really seen that. Because I remember we had a discussion, I think, a few weeks ago that is Montauk then something that was a conspiracy theory, etc. that existed within the Stranger Things universe. Because then that kind of opens it up then that it could potentially be there then, especially if we're using, say, the blackout and the the serial killer that's running riot around New York at the time. Hmm. So what's... The supernatural element, it's not obviously supernatural, that it's very much... If you know, you know. It's very much grounded within... It's grounded within this human monster, which, as we spoke about with everyone's favourite, Brennan. Um, so, <laughs> uh, the way that the, essentially the killings, I guess, should go around happening, they're in a very specific way. Almost that kind of like ritualistic, which I guess you can, yeah. you can somewhat call that supernatural in a really abstract way that they're, you know, it's, it's grounded in that kind of ritual aspect. But what's more interesting, I think, yeah. about this character is the idea that they're described as the first MK Ultra victim, I guess you could say, that patient zero. Yeah. Yeah, which is really interesting. So what I love, so Hop is on the homicide team. So him and his new partner are looking at these homicides and like you said, they're very ritualistic. Like they've got um 
like a five point star carved into the victim's mm. chest these little cards with these symbols on it are left and it's very weird mm. it's not it's not like i mean not that homicide should be ever normal <laughs> but it's not just a straight up casual murder no it's you can tell there's 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 a reason for why they're being done and and son of sam which was like i said an actual genuine like serial killer that was in new york at the time would write to the police and wanted the publicity and wanted to be famous wanted to be a known serial killer he was a straight up zodiac and he wanted to do that whereas this killer that we have who we later find out is called saint john like emily said doesn't want that doesn't want the publicity doesn't want this thing but feels like the way that he is killing and the way that these things happen have to be done this way mm. yeah it's just very i don't know it's one thing that's very oddly specific and you do wonder that i don't know part of me throws it if we're thinking about the mk ultra patient zero as such how how much does that connect then with say suspicious minds like is there any connection at all mm. that because we know obviously I do, i'm obviously i don't think it's going to line up with the numbers etc but then like at all but we obviously we know that the numbers aren't there so did that kind of throw into an yeah. aspect of i mean i they're not gonna put number one in in this way you know what i mean if it's patient zero it kind of no, makes sense yeah, that yeah. it's going to be the first one and then as i said as everyone's favorite Brenner then have some connection to this even though it's pretty much excused but we know yeah. that uh, Terry and all that were involved in the MK Ultra program as adults and it's yeah. just I don't know part of me does think and we were talking about this before season 3 was released as well that you would imagine there'd be some connection because I think they released all of these in like a string essentially in yeah, that lead up yeah. to it it does make if there is some kind of thread. Well, it shows that Brenner has connections to Vietnam, which obviously he was able to get Andrew enlisted and killed. Um, but St. John was actually tested on for Vietnam. Mm. So he was tested on literally to create soldiers with uh, extrasensory abilities. Mm. And St. John becomes psychic. So this is like some Steve Rogers program. Like, they wanted to create super soldiers, but instead of muscly super soldiers, like, like mental superpowers, essentially. Like, psychic, being able to see what's happening, um, and all of the things that MKUltra had. And it doesn't surprise me if, if, if there was a subsection of MKUltra that was specifically for the military, I would not be surprised in the slightest if that turned out that that was actually a thing i'm sure they had multiple subdivisions i mean you'd seem like um, the obvious choice wouldn't it that if you're gonna yeah be, you, you wouldn't just be i don't i don't want to say you wouldn't use this program for no reason but it seems like the perfect oh, yeah, no, opportunity yeah. to explore yeah. this it's, that's very jurassic world they did the same thing with that, really, didn't they? They experimented on <laughs> yeah. dinosaurs to create military things. So if you're going to do that with a dinosaur, why not do it with a human? Crossover. No one expected. <laughs> <laughs> Season four of Stranger Things is going to involve dinosaurs. Um, you heard it here first. But yeah, so 
I I find that interesting that they did that because then obviously we see parallels to that later on when Elle is told to go and spy on the Russians and mm. try and make contact. So there's always sort of been that basis of we want to use these abilities, we want to use this program in order to mm. win at war, mm. essentially, which at this time America was pretty focused on because there was World War Two was... It wasn't that At this long. point in the 60s, it was like 20 years ago it had ended. Mm. Yeah, and then Vietnam, obviously, and then everything that was happening in Russia. Mm. and so It's been a very turbulent it, time, essentially, for the people living there, that you yeah. get out of one and then there's something else you're involved in. It's just, there's no real break yeah. of it. So that's that was really interesting, and but I don't think he's number one. No, I as I said, I don't think... I mean, it would be a very interesting plot twist if suddenly they went, remember that book that probably half of you haven't read? You met number one there. <laughs> but there he is. If, it would be interesting. I, even if it was a case of some kind of connection some way. But I think it's, I don't know. I guess we'll see in season five, I imagine. <laughs> I don't know. So in speaking of season four, David Harbour does say that Hopper's past is something which is explored in season four. And I was looking at some theories Mm -hmm. online in in regards to Darkness on the Edge of Town. And St. John talks about how people in Vietnam were experimented on and were part of this program. And he says that a lot of them don't remember that they were experimented on. So, hmm. was Hopper experimented on hmm. and he doesn't remember? That ties in very interestingly then with what we said before about when he's in Russia, that does he know who he is? Because maybe, yes. I'm not saying there's like an on-off switch to get that kind of program in place, but how do we know there's not, say, a trigger that will kind of well, set this back? Is- I hate to constantly bring up Marvel, mm. but this is the thing with Bucky. Mm. Like, he was kidnapped, and then there were words, like brainwashed words, mm. that were given to him. And then whenever those words are said, he becomes the Winter Soldier. Mm. Who's to say that this is not a similar situation? Mm. And all Hopper needs is a slight reminder of the, the things that were put on him and the experiments that were done on him in order to make him then comply with what they want him to do. Mm. I, yeah. Who's to say? It would be a really interesting way to explore it as well, that presuming they can't really show all of this, or the book again, in the series, because there'd be no point. No. There'd be no point, so it has to be no. something new, and that you would imagine then it would be Vietnam then. So I think actually that would be that would be a really interesting concept, because I think as well no one really would expect that. Because especially when we see him in season one, I know that obviously he has lost his daughter and is not with his wife. And obviously there is a lot going on mentally there. But yes. there, the character we see at the beginning is so rooted in that darkness, essentially. And almost, I don't want to say scarred, but there is... He also lives on the edge of town. He does live on the edge of town. You know what I mean? That there, is a, there is that, there's so, it's so rooted in that character there. That it, for me, it feels like yeah. it's hinting at something. That yeah, and he's so like I don't want to say in tuned to the lab, but he's very aware of the things and is very willing to kind of mm. 
go against them very easily and it doesn't it takes the slightest thing like Joyce says that's not my son and he's like yes it is but then he actually still goes and has a look and then he fully mm -hmm. believes her and he knows about these things and obviously war is able to uh, not even able to war if you are someone that fights in war if you're a soldier that is very traumatic and people come back with PTSD and so many different things, which is just so complicated and so awful. And he obviously, I think he does have that because he talks in season two, he says, I've seen like PTSD, that, that, that is real. Like I've seen it in soldiers and stuff, you know? Um, but who's to say that one of the other reasons why he's so reluctant to talk about Vietnam, even with Elle, mm is because subconsciously he knows things happened, but he doesn't want to let himself... Because he's very like, we're not going to talk about Vietnam. Yeah. Like, when she suggests the box, she's like, no. Yeah, that's right in the first chapter. Well, pre-chapter, yeah. I guess, from the way it's written now. Yeah. It's just, we're not talking about that yet. Like, we're not, no. Not yeah. now. And I wonder if things happened that he doesn't actually, like, actively remember happened... Mm. But he doesn't want to delve into that because there's something there. To, uh, or something that he wants to protect Elle from. I suppose as well, if you think about it, I know that there's probably very clearly like a deal between him and the lab by the end of season one. But Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah. they're also very quick to almost allow that to happen. Considering that he has infiltrated, mm -hmm. essentially, broken in, done whatever in there. They're very much like, yeah, yeah. it's okay perfectly fine and even the buyer's situation i mean i know that hopper's with them and i know that, that we're very obviously treating whatever they believe was going on with will at the time but they're just accepting them and kind of being like yeah this is exactly what we're doing there's just this real trust element there when he's yeah. around and it's i don't know looking thinking of that idea now it's very it's very strange yeah he's very in it like and he's very i think Putting him as a homicide detective is really good because you can really see that that was his area of speci like mm. speciality when you then watch the seasons after reading this book mm. because he's not just a police chief. He full-on goes detective mm. in, in, the sh in the show. And that's so obvious. Like His ability is so much more than just being like a small-town police officer. Like He worked in a Brooklyn precinct, which is would have a lot of homicide cases and you know in a place as big as new york so the fact that he's able to do that and he's immediately suspicious so him and like i said his partner um rosario she like i said the first female which is a which is so good because this this tackles female police officers and female detectives because they come in and the rest of the office is sort of like mocking her and making a joke about how she's a woman and their sort of like boss is says well no i just need detectives and if they're good they're good so shut up mm. basically which uh, the thing that i like about these bonus things is that they do talk about issues like this that are in it and i just think i just think it's really important it's something i mm. noticed and thought was yeah. good I agree, but even they... like her first introduction the way she introduced us like oh wow you notice i'm a woman mm. and it's that kind of yeah. really I don't want to say, like, sarcastic personality, but it's that real... She's very headstrong, in a sense. She and is. when I read that first introduction to her, she reminds me of Joyce. 
in a sense. She does. And and this is parallels to season three when he then starts saying you should come and work with me, Detective Byers. Yes, it is. Wow. Yeah, yeah. so like he likes, like they call themselves um, Sonny and Cher, mm. um, Hopper and Rosario, like that's what they call each other, which I think is really good. And I also loved because he says about, oh, so are you from, are you from Cuba? And she's like, no, I'm from Queens. And she's like, my parents are from Cuba. But like the way that she sort of like shuts down that, oh, well, you must be like from here. And that assumption, she's like, I'm from Queens. Um, But then it's funny because later on he says about it being really hot because this is also something which is true. That summer in New York was one of the hottest summers going. Um, she, She says, he says to her, aren't you hot? And she goes, I'm from Cuba, this is nothing. And he's like, no, you're from Queens. And like, it was like a really funny little moment and I, I really liked that. Um, but they get told that their case is being taken away from them. So this serial killer that's at this point in the book has killed three people with these little symbols on the cards and that kind of thing. And um, a special agent Gallup comes into the precinct and is like, this is, my, this is mine now. Um, and won't give them any information, is taking all of their notes. And from that moment, I was like, he is government. He is like, this is Dodge. Mm-hmm. He is government. He is involved in this somehow. This has something to do with like Montauk or MK Ultra. Mm-hmm. And even Hopper is like, who are you? Mm-hmm. Who are you? And then him and Rosario are like, yes, let's uh, definitely ignore what our boss has said and continue working on this case and spying on these people. So, so very Hopper and Joyce then, essentially. Very, very Hopper enjoys, but he also has that suspiciousness immediately, Mm. you know. Which I think, why, Mm. why, why is he suspicious? Why does he think there's something like dodgy? You know, any if you get told the case is no longer yours, then it's no longer yours. Why does he suddenly think? Oh no, I'll, I'll, I actually have to go and risk my job and risk my family to find out what's going on here you know what is it in his brain that's making him think that this is dodgy which makes me wonder again does he know more than even he is aware of mm. I suppose that we see that in season one as well don't we when I think is it the moment where they change over who's guarding Will's body um yeah and we see that kind of callback there as well whereas it's mm-hmm. like hang on a minute something isn't quite right here. So I will actually be really interested to know then if, as you said, there is a kind of subconscious thing going on because it's, I mean, at that moment in season one, then could have been a case of it happened in the book, what happened in his past, I guess. And then this is almost like a fun, a fun callback if you've read the book to that. Yeah. But yeah, that is definitely a trait that we see with Hopper throughout throughout absolutely absolutely he explores things which the i don't say average person but like you would just assume that okay i've been told i have to do this so i'm gonna listen you know if a special agent comes into your job Mm -hmm. you're not gonna say you're not gonna go against them but the fact that he's immediately Mm -hmm. defensive and suspicious Mm -hmm is is an interesting thing hmm. it's like i was saying last week with suspicious minds when you're suspicious you wouldn't 
automatically be suspicious of the government. Now, mm. possibly, yeah. yes, I am very suspicious of multiple governments. Um, but in the like seventies, yeah. you that technology wasn't a thing as much to be aware of why you should be suspicious of the governments. Mm. So, to meet a special agent and be like, "No, nah, nah, he's Dodge." Mm from one interaction is yeah you wonder if there's something subconscious if he was experimented on though like terry passed it down to l did he pass it down to sarah oh well that opens a whole can of worms doesn't it because mm, i was always against the sarah theory i always wanted it to be that like she did die of an illness and that there was nothing to do with the lab. But then when I thought about that and then was reading about theories and saw this one, I thought, oh, hmm. she could be, it could be like a fire starter situation with Stephen King hmm. where she, the daughter has the powers. So the government come after her to try and stop her because she hmm. has powers too. So it's a quick refresh. Um, when we last see Sarah Hopper... <laughs> She is in a playground, essentially. Yes. It's completely normal. And then she kind of has this moment where she's then looking around almost as if she's seeing something, which we look from a yes. medical point of view, I guess. I am not a doctor. Lauren is not a doctor. But if we look at it from that aspect, no, um, it's clearly something, something is going on in the brain. Let's say that. Yeah, and she can't breathe. She's struggling to breathe. Yeah, there's some kind of disconnect, obviously. But if we look from the more supernatural point of view, then, I guess, that we see, for example, we see Holly Wheeler in season one who walks up to the wall in the buyer's house and starts to see this hand yeah. coming out. And if we compare those, compare those scenes, obviously Sarah's is more panic, but it does kind of look like she is seeing something. It does, yeah. So then obviously we see this long chain of her being sick and then we find out that she dies. But you think, did was there something else at play there? Hmm. And the doctors involved were just saying, hmm. yes, it's this. Especially when... So they wouldn't be suspicious. Yeah. Especially if we believe the theory, which I believe is probably a budget thing, as you said before, that... Yeah where she was taken was in fact the lab yeah it makes me wonder because in dance on the edge of time you don't see her die it's that's not explored in this book mm. but it does make me wonder if when she got sick whether it was genuinely being sick or if it's something to do with this but what they thought was an illness mm. she was they moved back to hawkins mm. yeah to like take her away from the city mm. Yeah, it is very, think of it that way, it's very specific set of circumstances. Yes. Yeah, mm. it does make me wonder. The fact that there's this, when they say there's this thing which has been there all along, but we didn't know about it, and David Harbour says about Hopper's past, it does make me wonder if we are going to actually see more of this and that this stuff is something which has more of an impact than we necessarily thought before mm. especially if because... we think about suspicious minds as well where we spoke about last week the only numbers we really find out about are eight 
and then it, it stops at 10 doesn't it it stops at 10 but we see eight and i think the others are kind of disregarded as not quite working which to me yeah. leads it open to as you said the idea of that it's all coming full circle so it will be really interesting and maybe who knows number one to no they are they are also their children as project indigo but we don't know how old they are at this point that could they have been old yeah. enough that they could then go off to say vietnam it was 18 wasn't it i believe drafting yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you have to be a out of high school so yeah it would have because hopper went straight from high school yeah so for all we know one of them could have been that age but was still yeah past of as that so how do we know that's almost not where they're sending the failed ones off to but they could yeah. they could be for this i don't want to say it's the super soldier program because it's not a no. super soldier program but for but for the vietnam aspect of mk ultra mm. because there obviously was subdivisions mm. and yeah how do, how do we not know that that's what's happening like these books are good because they fill in some blanks but then they also leave so many other blanks that then i need something to fill in that blank yeah because if we i need know. all the blanks filled <laughs> yeah, cause even if we bring in the comics we still don't know scene number one number two um we know three four we don't know four ha- don't know five yeah we don't know five don't know seven it's mean so don't know nine yeah so that's what I mean. That it, it it lines. We do know nine. Don't know ten. We do know nine because we know nine 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 point five. We <laughs> we definitely know nine. We don't know ten. Yeah, there we go. So we we're missing these ones, which, as we've said, in suspicious minds, it could have been failed numbers. But as we've said before, if we know Saint John was involved in the MK Ultra program to essentially be this super soldier, the theory stands. Throwing it out there. I basically just think that they've taken so much uh, influence from Marvel, and that's where I'm going to land on this I mean, because it's my new Um, thing at the moment. That also happens in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, season seven. (laughs) 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 But I I thought that the cast of characters in this was really interesting, and I also think that some of them could be characters that he's like, I've got friends in New York, we need their help, and then... Mm. Rosario just comes back into it and I would live my best life and then I'd be like angst because Joyce would be like oh who's she yeah. and it's like all the drama oh that oh yeah that would be nice I, I, re- I think they're similar enough that there will be a clash but a clash in the sense you're like oh, I'm enjoying watching this <laughs> yeah um but no, I thought, I really like this book. I I think it was a hit and miss book for hmm. some people. Hmm. Some people didn't like it. It was not their favourite. Hmm. Other people did really like it. Hmm. I, I love the exploration of Hopper and I think that it opens a lot of questions hmm. for his past and what happened because obviously we know sarah we know where he worked but there's so many unanswered questions and Mm. it's like what happened after this you know and and why this summer why Mm. why a summer which historically does actually have an impact anyway why the hottest summer why the summer where there was a blackout why Mm. why 1977 there's yeah there's so many things that are put in place even to the lineup of I know, thinking about it now, there wasn't that many references in season three, but even the placement of all these things, it just, it feels like they're suggesting it 
something. Yeah. And I'm not sure quite what they're trying to get at, but they are suggesting at something. And I am looking forward to yeah. looking for it again when I eventually find the book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. You're fine. Yeah. It's all good. Reddit will be there for us whenever yeah. we need it. I will quote this person on Reddit then while we're here, actually. So their username is Duty Cycle Music. And they've done this really wonderful... They've said spoiler-filled notes. But the way they've got into it, they've gone into a summary, they've gone into details on the book titles, little bits about Vietnam experiences. It's it's so well done to you, first of all, if you happen to listen to this. You have got me out of a real trap <laughs> on this one. <laughs> oh, that is a thing to note as well. The book title is um, from a Bruce Springsteen song, which mm-hmm. was around the same time as it being set and... Some of the lyrics are scarily fitting. Mm. Just a yeah. little bit. <laughs> yes, which um, I think is quite a good little... It's a good little nod to like, the music of the time, but also a clever way to use mm. some song lyrics to kind of help tell the story as well. Yeah, definitely. Which, yeah, I really like that. No, I like this book. I think that it really does give such... a insight into him and and it answers questions but like I said he's so obviously a detective I don't know why I never realised before this that he was a detective because he's so mm. you know he's not just a police chief he's, he's so much I don't want to say so much better than that but you can see that his skill set is so mm. more than a small town yeah. cop I think especially even like from the beginning of season one to as weird stuff starts to happen, this detective side of him starts coming out, even to the point where he's unscrewing every single light bulb in his yeah, home. Yeah, that's, yeah, that is a really good point. That's like a really good link to the way that he, because I also think, like you think, why would he think that? Why would he be that untrusting of the government? Yeah, because I think he's, been, he's ended up back home, hasn't he, for whatever reason he's might have ended up there yeah but still even that very specific thing of i need to now check everything and then i now need to go to joyce Fryer's house and do exactly the same and there. check everything yeah yeah and like you think it's similar to there was a murder like of will or will died mm-hmm. and it being covered up and someone coming in and say this is it listen to it which is similar to the secret agent Gallup coming in saying, this is mine now, don't pay any more attention to it. You know, and immediately he's like, no, no, you don't get to tell me what's right and what's wrong. No. This is actually the case, which I just think, like, you wouldn't be that untrusting of the government if you didn't have a legitimate reason to be that untrusting of the government, not in the 70s or the 80s. No, definitely not. I don't think. No. But then I didn't live in that time, so I can't say for sure. Yeah, I, I can't say from I... personal experience. But experience <laughs> when is more when is better to be suspicious of the government but But I no, imagine I think... that, you know, you, you wouldn't be. Because technology wasn't a thing, you know, information yeah. wasn't as spread yeah. and you wouldn't think that they were out for you because 
Because it's the government, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't be suspicious of the government because they're supposed to keep you safe yeah. and they're supposed to be the people um, that look out for you, which they're not, but <laughs> they are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think this is, I actually, this is my favourite bonus book. Mm. Yeah. I still do like Suspicious Minds, I think, but then. As I said, I'd, I need to reread this and find the book, essentially. <laughs> so it may be, it might change. My opinion may change, but I I don't know. I do. It may change. I do just really like. I don't know. I'm I'm a bit of a sucker for like extra content in the aspect that it's still in line, and I know this is in line with the show, but I do like that kind of you can see how everything's connected, kind of feel. Yeah. That yeah. I I feel like that explains what I mean I, I I like that element but also I really do like the idea of I know I said it's the extended universe everything together but how it is literally extended that you could pick up a book as you said about Hopper in New York which clearly has some connections to the show which we're not completely aware of yet as of season one two yeah. and three but I don't know, I feel like it, it might be interesting to explore that with other characters. I mean, I personally would like to see Joyce Byers in high school. Just saying. Me too, because you just know that her and Hopper would be that couple. Mm-hmm. And it would be glorious. It would be delightful. It would be the best thing I've ever been given on this earth. Saying that, if they want to show that in season four, I would also not be complaining. You know, if you give me some throwbacks, give me some flashbacks. Hopper's backstory. You can do it. (laughs) I'm here for it. Um, What I do find interesting about this, though, is that unless he was trolling me, unless he was pretending, when I met David Harbour and asked him to sign my other copy of this book, he was like, please tell me what happens because I don't know. But then we know that David Harbour is a bit of a trickster. Hmm. I mean... And could be completely lying and could know everything and know that this is the central plot of season hmm. four. I still really enjoy the fact that when you met him um, and you said, like, please tell me Hopper will be okay. He was like, it's Stranger Things. Is anyone okay? And I, I love the idea that he essentially told you he is going to die without telling you he's he going did. to die. He did, because this was May 2019, and obviously it was July 2019 that it came out. So he he confirmed my worst fear. Without actually saying anything. Without actually saying it. Um, but yeah, he uh, he's a wild one, oh, David Harbour. So he could know everything that happened in this book and could just be completely, was like completely having me on. Um, but if he doesn't know, then I think... Is it going to be brought up in the show? Mm. So yeah, I liked this one. I thought this was good. I gave it four out of five stars. Mm. David, if you happen to be watching the podcast. <laughs> Hi, David. Hi, David. Um, we think you should read the book. Um, yes. And if you haven't, and if you have read it, um, also let us know what you think. All of you, let us know what you think. <laughs> Yes. Question of the week. Do we think Hopper was experimented on as part of the MKUltra Vietnam programme? I'm so glad you thought of that because for the longest while at the beginning of this podcast, the question of the week was going to be, what's your favourite Bruce Springsteen song? Which 
we all know is Dancing in the Dark, but that is besides the point. <laughs> was Hopper experimented on? Do we think... Was, was Hopper experimented on? That is the question. Yes. Let us know on all of our social medias. That's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're also setting up a Tumblr, but don't f- search for that yet because we're not quite there yet. Everything on that is yeah. at Hawkins Podcast. Yes, and you can listen to us on YouTube, on Spotify, on Apple Podcast, on Google Podcast, on TuneIn and Stitcher. And give us a follow on all of them, even if you don't listen on all of them, because it's really helpful. That would be lovely. Really, really lovely. Yes. Um, next week is the final week in September, which is ridiculous. It's still March in my mind. Literally. And we will be talking about Runaway Max, which is the final current book that is part of the Stranger Things extended universe, which is what we've coined it and what that's going to be called now. So if you want to discuss Runaway Max with us, you have until next Saturday to read it, which is very exciting. And from this week, you can check out our YouTube channel where there will be other videos. And also, of course, go and check out our Patreon, like we said before. Mm -hmm. You can go and check that out as well. So yes, thank you guys for listening to episode 11 of the Hawkins to Coffee podcast and we will talk to you next week. Over and out.